You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies helping you to take your health to the next level. I am your host, Kathy Biasse, and I'm a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. Today we are taking on the topic of forgiveness, forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, and asking for forgiveness. It's quite a heavy topic. We talk about what forgiveness actually is, why we need to forgive, and why is forgiveness so hard for some people, all within the context of Barbara J. Hunt's book, Forgiveness Made Easy. Barbara J. Hunt is a forgiveness specialist, a speaker, workshop leader, and the best-selling author of Forgiveness Made Easy. She leads online forgiveness field experiences and is a personal and spiritual development coach in private practice and on bespoke retreats in rural Somerset in the UK. Barbara is also an integral musician and songwriter and has recorded several CD albums and singles, including her song, Song for International Peace. It's a great topic. When you get into the conversation about forgiveness, it can go many, many different directions. We try and stay focused here on... um, the common stumbling blocks to forgiveness, obstacles as a a stumbling box, obstacles to forgiveness, steps to forgiveness and circumspection, as well as looking outward. A great, great conversation with Barbara. So I do hope you stay tuned. We will be back in just a few minutes. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Today's show has been recorded, so no opportunity for calling in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on those locations. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Kathy. Great to be here. Such um, an interesting topic, forgiveness. Um, How did you come about to be you know an expert in the field yeah is that what you would call yourself an expert on forgiveness i call myself a specialist specialist. i don't think i want to be quite um claim that i'm I'm an expert Um, but i i am fascinated by it and i'm constantly learning and that's why one of the reasons i love having conversations with people about it is because i'm i'm learning all the time and um i think probably i mean i have a long history of if you like of of learning about forgiveness from my upbringing which was in the catholic faith 
but also um, probably about 30 years ago, I took a, a personal and spiritual development training called the More to Life program. And they invited us to think about our resentments and who we were holding grudges and grievances against. And so really that was where it started. And I did quite a lot of training with them. I trained to be a mentor and teach some of their programs. And then further down the line, I kept coming back to forgiveness as a practice. So I, I continued to practice it in my own life as a spiritual practice. But then I got really interested when I started working on a retreat, um, probably about nine years ago and we worked on this particular treat retreat for seven years and we would take people through a deep detox so they were doing juice fasting and cleansing their bodies but we were also helping them do emotional detoxing and I was fascinated by how difficult some people found it to forgive and I also had a bit of an epiphany about the potential of forgiveness which was if we were all able to do our forgiveness, if each person can f could forgive all the people they needed to, one heart at a time, we could create a world at peace. And I was so tantalized by the thought that if, say, we decided that we were going to all sit down and do our forgiveness work this week or before Thanksgiving or whatever it is, we could have peace in the world. And so I was then completely blown away by that thought, obviously was moderating it in my own head and with conversations with other people who were saying that would never happen. But thinking, well, if that's the potential, why do we not forgive each other and ourselves? You know, what really is getting in the way? And that was that was started my investigation to identify why we don't forgive and that was the basis really for my for my book was how can I make it easier by looking at what gets in the way so so really the idea of the book was to remove the obstacles so I know that's a bit of a long answer you might want to say you know come back to me about something about that no it's it's a interesting answer one thing that uh, kind of sparked my interest in well not just one thing but one thing that stood out to me was you saying that forgiveness as a practice which mm -hmm. means that this is something that we need to work on, to cultivate, to be using daily, weekly. What do you mean by a practice? Well, a bit, a bit like a meditation practice or a yoga practice or, you know, any of the other things that we might think of practice, music practice, baseball practice, you know, whatever it is that we're doing that we want to get better at. Um, but also something that, that is, um, something that helps us to live life better. So that, that was really what I was, I was interested in. How does forgiveness as a practice mean that I can have relationships where I'm clearing up things that go wrong? Sometimes we have resentments against people and then I've got something that I can do, like a, a tool or, or a, or a process, if you like. And so that was, so that was really, um, what I've been doing is whenever I feel like I'm holding a grievance against somebody, I'll, I keep a list in the back of my journal and then every now and then I'll do my work. I'll do, I'll do a little process. And it, so it, it's, it's not, um, it's not a big deal. It's more having the intention that I want to keep my heart free of grievances. And it's just like you would want to keep your garden free of weeds. You, you pull them up when they're small and you just, it's not like you say, oh, I've done the gardening. It's like the gardening is an ongoing process or I've done yoga 
yoga is an ongoing process so so i i I think of forgiveness like that is that there i have you know people in my life who might trigger me or world events or memories from the past that i you know like that bubble up things that i want to clear out of the garden of my heart and so that's the practice what in essence do you mean by forgiveness well i use a very particular particular definition because I think it helps to know what we really mean. In fact, in my book, one of the first obstacles, I talk about five obstacles to forgiveness. And the first one is misunderstanding because there's a lot of misunderstanding about what forgiveness is and isn't. So the the definition that I use is forgiveness is the absolute refusal to hold ill will against someone for what they did or didn't do. And I'll say it again because it's quite long. Forgiveness is the absolute refusal to hold ill will against someone for what they did or didn't do. And so there's lots of parts to it and they're all really important. And probably the most noticeable one is you're the one who's choosing. So it's the absolute refusal. It's like, I'm, I'm going to choose to keep my garden, the garden of my heart, free of weeds. That is my choice. What I keep in there is up to me. I could have a big pile of manure in there, or I could keep it free of weeds, or I can use manure to make my roses grow. You know, it's like, so I, I, I'm the one who's in charge. So the, the forgiveness definition that I use doesn't require the other person to have acknowledged what they've done, taken responsibility for it, or make made amends. And the reason I deliberately have chosen to take on that definition, which came from Kay Bradford Brown, by the way, my original teacher on forgiveness, um, is is because we sometimes people don't ever apologize, or maybe someone dies before they've had the chance to apologize. So. You can't make your forgiveness conditional on what somebody does or doesn't do. So because the ill will, the grievance, the hate or the anger is inside of you and you're the one who's in charge of whether or not you keep that in your heart or not. And when do we need to forgive? Well, well, I, I, I think all the time probably. Um, in fact, one of the original teachers, so um, the, in the in the Bible, Jesus talks about, he's asked, how many times should I forgive? And he actually says 70 times seven, which is, which is like the equivalent of the Zen tradition where they say 10,000. It's like always, mm-hmm. every time, you know, I, I don't think there are any exceptions. And, and that is my, my particular view. And not everybody agrees with me about that, that that there isn't anything that is in inverted commas unforgivable because we're the ones who are choosing how we judge it and whether or not we hold ill will against that person for what they did or didn't do and and so for example if there was somebody who was behaving like a psychopath and did terrible things and then it was discovered that they had a brain tumor do you have the same requirement that they're punished in the same way? Do you hold ill will in the same way or are there mitigating circumstances? So, so, so my, um, my view is that, that we, we always need to forgive this. It's never not appropriate to forgive. However, sometimes we need to also litigate 
or set clear boundaries or change the law or protest. It's, it, um, forgiveness isn't about not acting and not taking radical action in the world. Forgiveness is about having your heart open and connected rather than full of hate and disconnected. And forgiveness then in this context isn't saying that what someone else did wasn't wrong or what someone else did wasn't offensive to us. It's allowing for that, but saying it's not going to impact me any further. Well, it's it's choosing because it. I think it. You can't necessarily um, choose how much it impacts you, but you can choose whether or not you then continue to hold the resentment. And it, I mean, it's very interesting because the the original the Latin where resentment comes from sentia means to feel so resentment feel again so you're feeling those feelings over and over again and and i'm sure you and like everybody has done this when something happens that you feel is really unfair you'll think about it more than once you'll go over it in your head mm, that they shouldn't have done that you know that wasn't okay and it's i mean i can give you an example um of of something fairly innocuous that happened where I had given notice to an exercise class that I was going to not be there on a particular week. And um, and then the next time I saw my bill, it had an LN on there, which was late notice. And I was like, I'm sure I emailed. So I checked my email and I did email them. And so I said to the, to my, the woman who runs the business, oh, I, I did email you. And she said, yes, but it was 20 minutes outside of the 24 hour notice period. And I was really, really upset about that. And I thought about it for the whole of the next week up until the class, couldn't make eye contact with her. And so it's like it's like, like those little things, those little grievances where you're you're holding on to a, a grievance about something that feels like an injustice. And so it's not so doing forgiveness work on that particular incident isn't about saying it's okay or that I wasn't upset about it it's it sometimes you have to give room for your feeling and if something very big happens there are you know terrible tragedies that happen all the time I wouldn't expect somebody whose child is injured or or killed to be able to forgive immediately. That's the sort of thing that takes time. You need to go through all the different feelings. You need to grieve, you need to feel your anger, you need to feel the injustice. But then it's like, you need to then keep working so that you can eventually come to the point where you can come to terms with it. And so so f- another way of looking at forgiveness really is about a way of of coming to terms with what has happened in a way that you can feel in your heart that you have come to a place of peace inside yourself about it, even if it was an outrageous tragedy. So that is a broader, probably a broader expansion of the definition of forgiveness than the average person would take on. Because I would think that there are some things in life that people, you know, and individuals would find unforgivable. So you know, you've mentioned a couple of scenarios there. Is there a difference between coming to terms with something and forgiving something? Or are they on that same continuum? I I think they're on the same continuum because you it's almost like you need to come to terms with yes, this happened. This this was an outrageous whatever it was, act or um 
violation or and it's sometimes I think the reason why we don't forgive is because we don't even want to acknowledge the depth of the pain and and this is one of the other things that I've been fascinated about is like how we can use the resentment we we use it like a shield over our heart sometimes sometimes it protects us when we have no power it can feel like power so another K. Bradford Brown quote is, resentment is the power of the powerless. So we, when we have no recourse, it feels like, well, at least if I hold on to my resentment, if I believe that I'm on the right side, then I've got something. And and I think like you were saying earlier, like the, the, the mistake that people make about forgiveness is that they think it means letting somebody off the hook mm-hmm. or not holding somebody to account or not not even telling them, this was upsetting to me or this hurt or, you know, um, or asking for something different to happen or, or litigating or, or like in a, you know, um, like I said, sometimes, sometimes you really do need to take radical action. You, you wouldn't say, oh, that's okay. You know, I can, if, if forgiving somebody isn't saying it's okay, put it like that. And that's probably the nuance where people trip up on. Because holding on to that resentment is holding on to the fact that someone has wronged you in a way. And maybe that's why it's hard for some people to forgive because they do think it's, well, I'm showing weakness or I'm saying, okay, that's fine what you've done. So how do you differentiate? What are the steps to forgiving an unforgivable versus forgiving uh, a contrition, something small? Are they stay the same steps? Or are they different steps? I, I would say they're the same steps. And when I work with with people, either in groups or individually, um, I always recommend that they they work really with something uh, like a, a smaller grievance, just to practice the actual process. So I've created a seven step forgiveness process, and. But actually, the principles are the same. So when when I worked on the retreat, we would sometimes be working with people who had had severe childhood adverse experiences of all different kinds, and they were it, we were we were doing the same work with them as we were with you know with anybody else who had lesser things happen. And and interestingly, I remember one retreat in particular because um, two two people were sharing the same. Um, the same house, same accommodation. And one of them had had something happen at a wedding where a family member had insulted another family member and they were really adamant that that was absolutely unacceptable and they were never going to include that person in the family again. And then the other person in that house had experienced quite significant abuse as a child and they found it easier to do their forgiveness work than the person who'd had the social kind of family upset. So so to me, it was not surprising, as in, I don't think there is necessarily a correlation between what has happened and how easy somebody might find it to forgive. I do, I do feel that sometimes people um, have more of an inclination to be forgiving, but also sometimes there's a like an over-willingness to forgive, like, oh, I've forgiven that which actually probably is inauthentic where they they haven't really forgiven it they they've done the sort of the other version of forgiveness which is i'm going to overlook it but i'm still actually holding the grievance about it 
and um so and and the way the way that i the process works is you are invited to really look at that mechanism with the resentment so you're looking at how has the resentment served me so when i when i hold on to my grievance how what am i getting out of it it's doing something it can be helping me in some way and it's really important to look at that part because some of the reasons why we don't forgive is because we're not really aware that we're getting something out of it it's serving us in some way the truth is also the resentments cost us terribly you know carrying resentment is you know everybody knows there's been scientific studies about the benefits of of um forgiving and it lowers your cortisol it lowers your blood pressure it you know it improves your um sleep and your so there's there's lots of physiological proof that not carrying resentment is good for your health but it's also good for your relationships it's good for how you feel about yourself your self esteem your authenticity your humility your humanity your um you know your integrity so there's lots of benefits to not carrying your your ill will around with you I don't think I quite answered your question actually originally. <laughs> no, no, you off. did. And it's, um, I think we're going to take a break here because the next question I have, or I don't know if we can do this in a timely manner. Some people perceive uh, our perception of events against us. Some would, we all have different perceptions of what is a, a slight. And I would imagine that someone who is very emotional, someone who is very sensitive, might have a harder time in the forgiveness space because they're reading maybe more into a sit. Does that make any sense to you? Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we are giving everything all the meaning it has for us. And somebody might look a particular way and then you're just thinking, oh, well, what's wrong with them? And why haven't they, you know, so we, we take offense even when it might be that just somebody's got a migraine and we just think that there's something about us because we always make it mean something about us. So you, you, you're absolutely right. And in fact, um, in my search for how can I help people to forgive, there's lots of different parts and and if somebody was really stuck on their forgiveness there would be two thick two in fact three things i would look at and one of those would be what meaning are they making mm -hmm. because sometimes when somebody does something you make it mean something about you or we sort of you know always we have that inner dialogue that mind talk it's telling us that you know we're not good enough or if they really loved us they do such and such and you know therefore i you know i don't matter to them and you know we, we're making meaning all the time so if that if that is something that's in the way of someone's forgiveness the meaning they're making then i would also work with them on that very interesting so there are different steps to taking to bringing forgiveness into your life. I'm going to jump here and end this segment of the of our show because we're kind of running over. So everyone will be back in just a couple of minutes with this great conversation. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We were talking. We are talking to Barbara J. Hunt. We're going to continue along this great line of conversation. So we were talking about forgiveness. Um, <clears throat> it's come out in our conversation that some people find forgiveness to forgive easier than others. Um, and the way we perceive situations, events, scenarios has an impact on our ability to forgive. What would you say would be the steps to a truly forgiving 
person or truly forgiving um, situation? I, I assume the steps will be the same for each scenario. Well, the, the, the steps of the process are the same. It's, it's a seven-step forgiveness made easy process. So the, my book is called Forgiveness Made Easy. And the, the steps are the st- same regardless of what's happened um, because it's you, I've created it like a guided visualization. So it's a bit like a guided meditation uh, or a Jungian active imagination process. So you're, you're doing things in your imagination. And as everyone knows, you know, the neuroscience is proving that doing something in your imagination is as good as doing it in real life. And the reason I designed it this way is because it means that you can do a lot of, a lot of prep work, if you like, before you then need to take action. So if it's a relationship, you know, upset, you can, there's a, there's a lot of the grievances. If we're really honest with ourselves, the grievances that we hold against another person is much more about ourselves and not about the other person. So for example, I used to resent my mum for wearing pop socks because I thought they weren't very nice things. And that's to do with my sense of fashion when I was 15 and not to do with my mum. So there's, there's, so when, when you're doing the forgiveness process, one, one of the steps is to actually confess the full extent of your resentment. So you're telling in your imagination, and this is really important that you do it in your imagination, the full extent of your resentment because then you're it's like you're admitting actually I am judgmental about these things and it's 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 radical self-honesty and I think sometimes the reason why we don't forgive in the first place or even think we need to is because we're not honest with ourselves about holding the grievances in the first place and I you know I've, I've had conversations with friends where I've, you know, suggested, well, maybe you could do some forgiveness work. And they're like, no, 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 they just need to do such and such. The other person needs to behave in this way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that may be or may not be true. But it's just the the only chess piece in life that you have any control over is you. And so if you can do as much as possible to free your heart of your grievances, that's all you need to do. And what's miraculous and I see this time and time and time again, is when people do their forgiveness work, the other person who they've been forgiving seems to change. And I can't kind of obviously guarantee it or prove it scientifically, but it happens all the time. I remember one time when I was on the retreat, a woman, we worked on her relationship with her mother during the retreat, and she came up to me a couple of days afterwards and she said, oh, you'll never guess what, my mum texted me and told me she loves me. She never has done that before ever. So things, well, things you can happen. lead with Miraculous resentment, right? In your life, mm-hmm. if you lead with resentment, you're going to knee jerk the person that you're resentful towards. Yeah, it, it, I think they, it's, true. it's an energy that they can feel off of you. But I, you know, I keep getting this thing coming back in my mind that sometimes, uh, me personally, uh, I can't speak for everybody, of course. Sometimes I think forgiveness can be a weakness. It's a way of saying well, yeah. whatever. And that's not what we're getting at, is it? No, no. And and funnily enough, it, it really isn't a weakness. In fact, there's a lovely, I think it's Nelson Mandela saying, um, forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. I mean, you have, to, you have to be really willing to do something that feels incredibly uncomfortable, which is to not hold something against another person. You know, it's like you're, you're really choosing to do a very... Um, 
counterintuitive act which is to surrender mm-hmm. to to open your it's like opening your hands when you really want to hold on you're you're saying i am choosing to not let that whatever happened i'm not letting that affect how i'm going to treat you i'm going to i'm going to continue to hold my heart open and you know and it's it's really it's it's so fascinating because it feels dangerous and and when i talk in my book about the five obstacles to forgiveness the the second one so the first one we've covered which is no like knowing what a definition is and knowing what forgiveness isn't um which is not letting people off the hook it's not weakness it's not it's not saying it's okay with you when it's not it's not excusing inexcusable behavior but the second obstacle is vulnerability because we do not want to be vulnerable we don't want to hold our hearts open or risk saying something or being um you know generous when you know when the option we have the option to hold a grievance or or to resent somebody but it a lot a lot i think a lot of it comes down to being willing to admit that we're holding our resentments and and you know the internet is full of resentment our culture is full of resentment you know our, our stories are full of resentment you know think about how many grievance stories there are and <clears throat> sometimes I do these little sort of experiments in my head like if you took say the story of Romeo and Juliet which everyone knows and then you introduce the idea of forgiveness into that story so the montagues and the capulets meet they have a mediated meeting they forgive each other and then there's a wedding so it it ruins the drama so I think one of the other things that that, that forgiveness is it's it's not it's not sexy it's not attractive it's you know it's kind of like everyone thinks forgiveness is such a sort of a weedy you know you know you don't just just let everybody walk all over you forgiveness isn't that forgiveness is an incredible spiritual and secular ethics practice without which i think humanity won't survive unless we learn how to forgive there's a really beautiful quote by the late desmond tutu and he says without forgiveness there really is no future and i and i passionately believe that you can probably tell by me getting excited <laughs> well you know i just keep getting back cuz i was talking to someone about the show and they kept bringing up weakness so mm. i i understand that concept i've felt it um but really when we're talking forgiveness we're talking about cultivating our own spirit right nobody has to know it's not yeah. about walking up to somebody and saying, I forgive you, because they may not even know that they've done something. It's about settling yourself. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the most important thing, which is that's that's why I, you know, I do it. You know, I recommend if somebody's working on something, a big grievance that they work with a coach like me or somebody who can work with them. But you do not do your forgiveness work with the other person. And you don't have to tell them, I forgive you for wearing pop socks, you know, because that's to do with you. It's not to do with them. You know, so it's like and like you said, it can become across as very sort of patronizing as, you know, like especially if you didn't know that they were um, resenting them. But but also, I mean, in, in business, one of the major reasons why people leave their places of work is because of their interpersonal relationships, also known as relationships, which are full of resentment. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. Yeah. Now, we're talking about forgiving yeah. others. There are different types of forgiveness, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so sometimes we need to be the one who is forgiven. So there, there are things that we might want forgiveness for. And, and you're in the same territory here as well, where the other person might not be aware or 
the other person might not be willing to forgive you. And what do you do then? If you mm -hmm. really want someone to forgive you for what you've done. And again, so this is why the active imagination process is so powerful. And I remember very clearly again on another retreat, um, working with somebody who'd been in the armed forces and they'd made a mistake and some terrible things had happened that he needed to ask forgiveness for. And when I was facilitating the process, I was genuinely thinking, wow, I wonder whether or not it'll work, whether or not he'll be granted the forgiveness that he wants from in, you know, from this scenario that we were creating. Um, it was incredibly powerful and very, very moving. And he did. And so I was actually, I was surprised that that happened, that, that he was able to do what you said before about reconciling kind of in your own heart about something. Um, so that's really this. So, so needing to forgive someone, being forgiven by someone. And then the last one is self-forgiveness. And sometimes that can happen um, in, it can be involved in both scenarios, both ways. So if we feel like we've done something that's transgressed against another person, we might need to also forgive ourselves for that. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes when, maybe when somebody's done something to us, we might also need to forgive ourselves. You know, why did I have a relationship with them? Or why did I work there? Or why was I standing at that bus stop at that time? Or, you know, we sometimes need to forgive ourselves. Yeah. Is that harder than the other type? Um, <clears throat> I think it's harder because we we have less well, I think we have less distance and less, um, what's the word? Mm, we don't, we, it's harder for us to be honest about ourselves with ourselves. <laughs> um, but I, but I also set that up in a, in a particular way. And that sort of also goes back to what we were saying earlier about the meaning making, because sometimes we will accuse ourselves of being things like a failure or I mess my life up or I'm worthless or I'm useless because of something that we've done. And so I would then also work with somebody to help to verify actually what's true about the things they're accusing themselves of, those kind of really core beliefs that they, they're, they're accusing and, you know, beating themselves up with. Now, different religions have different rests on forgiveness. The Catholic Church of what you just told us you were brought up in, we have yeah. um, confession and that's forgiveness yeah. and then absolution. Um, yes. I don't know if this is in other religions, if, if forgiveness is a, a, a core of other religions, I'm going to say it must be. But with forgiveness, do you need absolution? That's such a good question. I it's 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 funny, actually. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's a principle in all of the major um, spiritual paths in all the major religions. I, I, don't, I don't think there is a. I mean, in some stories, like in the Bible, there's, you know, the vengeance and all that. I mean, there, there are diff there's a different kind of attitude. But I think broadly, the, the accepted um, more is that we, that forgiving is better to, to not hold ill will, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, or, you know, or those kinds of things. And, um, and absolution I think depends on you if you if you have a faith and there's there's something beyond your own conscience that that needs to be um, included. I think it's really important that you do that. And um, yeah, 
so so i think i think it's probably much more of a a personal thing i know i do know some people who've actually done their forgiveness work on god you know or on their you know their version of god so i think i think because we ha- you know whatever your relationship is with how how you view life and existence i think that's also territory where you can hold grievances you know if if people terrible things happen in life you can you can resent life or or god so hmm. um, it's it's yeah. uh quite a a topic and quite a special to be specialty to be in because it has so many different tangents and it's not yeah. just a matter of step by step here's forgiveness I think the introspection is probably the biggest piece of it. Um, and beyond your authoring Forgiveness Made Easy, you are also a musician and a songwriter. Yes. Um, tell us about your, your works. I know you've got a song for international peace. What is that? What was that for? Yeah, well, I I wrote it for because there is an International Day of Peace on the twenty first of September every year, and I wanted to honour it because I I am I call myself an an advocate for global peace <clears throat> or a visionary for global peace because I still hold that our forgiveness. I mean, I I know I'm realistic too that other things would need to happen too for us to have a world at peace but we could go a really long way towards it if we each did our forgiveness work so i i hold that as a possibility and so i wanted to honor it and i and i wrote a a song so it's kind of like a chant with it has a, a sort of a bell and a and a chant but it sort of started with um my original tradition um the, and and it's in latin and, and it's kind of like a, a take on the dona nobis pacem and then i included the words for peace from some other religious traditions and i i because i was sort of thinking well most traditions only sing in their own language and i wanted to make something that was inclusive and that included you know that was the sort of sense of all religions have the same root which is you know be nice to each other this is a miraculous existence you know mm-hmm. that's lovely so yeah very nice. Are you doing, do you have any projects uh, in the works or anything else that you are especially proud of in your, your experiences? Um, well, I, I'm, I actually, I'm working on a, a new album at the moment and, um, and one of the songs is, is called Wake Up As One. And um, one of the end lyrics says, come on, let's wake up. Come on, let's grow up. Come on, let's clean up. Come on, let's show up. Come on then. And uh, and so I'm I'm really looking forward to putting that out and having conversations about you know how how we can wake up as one you know, one humanity. I feel like that's the the next big shift that we need to make that that we're all in one human family and we need to start behaving like that and organizing our structures like that so that the world works for everyone. We need more people like you. That's for sure. Any more books in the offing? Um, actually, yes, I started writing another one during the lockdown and then um, got a bit waylaid with the music. And, um, and I'm also um, putting together a course on self-forgiveness. And so if anyone is interested in that, then they can just get in touch on my website and just say that they're interested and I'll, I'll let everyone know. Um, I'm, it's going to be soon, like within the next couple of months. But I, f- I felt like self-forgiveness is often the thing that I get the most questions about. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be a good place to start there. And so I was just going to do like a little online group 
um, coaching course on that. No, how do you forgive others if you can't forgive yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's a great place to start. Do you work with um, clients individually or is this an online? Yes. um, You you do. Any work in person? I work one-to-one. Oh, okay. And and in person, and then also I work um, in groups online. So um, so for example, on the twenty first of September this year, again in honour of the International Day of Peace, I hold what's called a forgiveness field, which is a place where people can just come. And Zoom is fantastic for mm-hmm. this actually because everybody can work with their camera on but their microphone off. And so I'm guiding everybody through the process at the same time, but I can see where people are at in the process, um, so that we can all move together through the seven steps of the forgiveness made easy process and um and it's really wonderful there's a there's two reasons why i called it the forgiveness field one is um charles eisenstein he's a uh, um a sort of a sort of global thinker and he wrote a book called the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible and he was talking about forgiveness and every he was saying that every time someone forgives somebody it adds to a field of forgiveness which i really like that idea but also there's a very beautiful roomy poem which says out beyond ideas of right doing and wrongdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. Hmm. That's lovely. Your book is called Forgiveness Made Easy. Um, can we yep. get that at all the regular spots? Amazon? Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. It's been yeah. a real pleasure talking to you, Barbara. We need more people in the world like you, for sure. Thank you so much for joining us. Such a pleasure. Thanks, Kathy. Thank Everybody, you. we'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.